Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show planned for you. Going to talk tonight about relational shifts, changes, and transitions. Uh, really apropos to what's going on in the world right now. Um, you know, again, these topics come from our DMs and also just things I'm seeing out in the world and also in my uh, clinical practice with patients. And there's a lot of transitions happening and relationally that is, you know, grief and loss around the death or passing of individuals. And, you know, that's born out of COVID and mass shootings. And then there's even the symbolic perceived ones where people are talking about the loss of rights. Um, whether it's LGBTQIA rights, right? You know, when we talk about don't say gay laws and teachers in different states, I'm talking to you, Florida, who have to take down rainbows, which historically is a symbol of, you know, queerness. They're being asked to remove photos of them and same-sexed partners and not allowed to even talk about who they are in the world. Uh, we're not able to talk about the gayness of historical figures. I mean, that's violence, but there's grief and loss in that. Um, and violence, but we're looking more at the grief and loss of safety, uh, confidence and identity, um, sense of self. I mean, without even getting too deeply into that concept, think about how much that is an erosion of a sense of self and how much it's a recreation of trauma where to be gay or queer or trans in our culture still is traumatic because we live in a homophobic, transphobic culture. And then you finally start to develop a sense of self and confidence in self and you're living out and proudly. And that's a way to really um, work through and eliminate and reduce shame because shame is maintained and created through secrecy and withholding and the denial of who we are. So people work through shame by having a photo of their same-sex partner, wearing clothing that might be rooted in gay pride, talking about gayness, again, referencing important historical figures. And so that, that was them working through that original toxic shame that is created. And now it's being recreated and all these individuals are being re-traumatized by being forced back into shame and by being told directly, not even indirectly, being told directly who you are is not okay here, who you are is not welcomed here. And these individuals, whether teachers themselves or just people in the world locally in that state and even outside of that state, are impacted by that, realizing we aren't safe, which is what we've all thought. Uh, realizing homophobia is is alive and well when many thought, like myself, that we were moving away from those times. So it's a re-traumatization. That is grief and loss. Grief and loss around safety, sense of self, identity, confidence, 100%. Then we talk about other marginalized, exploited individuals like women. 
<sighs> within a very patriarchal misogynist culture, women demanding, begging, asking to be treated as, as, as equal individuals. Thought we were making some movements in that direction. Well, same thing, re-traumatization by being told, well, we're gonna tell you what's best for you. We're gonna actually take control of your body. We're gonna make medical decisions for you, even though we don't know you or what you need. That's very patronizing, dehumanizing. It's very violent. So that's a recreation of trauma with that. So there's absolutely a lot, a lot of grief and loss around that shift and change. Um, the list goes on <laughs> as rules and laws and cultural norms are being shifted and changed. Very painful. Now we add to that people dying from shootings and COVID and all the things centered in that. And then we add to that, that just through these times, people have maybe drifted and they're not close or connected to friends or family members like they want to be, or they were historically. Um, and then also changing in relationships. Let's remember what happened at the beginning of the pandemic. Individuals were forced into a deeper, more committed, um, more intimate at times relationship because they were quarantining together or, you know, they just started dating and they were like, you know, you don't have anywhere to go or we want to spend more time together. So let's quarantine together. And so that really created some relationships that maybe weren't meant to be long-term or didn't have the sustainability. And so those are maybe ending or ended during that time. So there's a lot of relational shifts and changes in relationship to ourselves, to our identities, and also to humans and individuals. So we're going to be kind of talking about how to make sense of that, how to work with that. And if this isn't something that you relate to directly, it will at some point in your life. So this show is for everyone, which I try to make all my topics relevant to everyone. I just use certain specifics as a springboard or an entry point. So this is a topic that just applies to kind of humanity, but I wanted to really globalize and universalize how much grief and loss touches all of us. Because um, a lot of people don't necessarily maybe see uh, the don't say gay laws, the drag queens being attacked for reading books to children, um, the loss of women's rights and people that can birth and people that have uteruses, the rights of those that can, you know, don't have control of their bodies. Like, you know, that is grief and loss. And then I want to add to that, that again, we know the Roe v. Wade, um, the making abortion illegal disproportionately also targets people of color, lower socioeconomic means, uh, trans individuals. And so that's another layer of um, violence and re-traumatization to that already exploited marginalized population. And it just never seems to end. Um, so that's what we're gonna be talking about. And then of course we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Put that in the DMs, uh, questions, topics, things you want us to hit circle back to. Stick around though, we got a whole lot more to come. Talking about uh, grief and loss, more importantly though, within the construct of the transition and changes of relationships. Stick around, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, Rachel, we're back and looking at grief and loss, really through a relational lens, understanding that in such macro and micro-specific ways, um, our relationship to others and our identities and so many different factors have shifted and changed as a result of the past couple of years. Um, direct grief and loss around the death and loss of lives with what's going on in um, the Ukraine, what was going on with the death and loss in the pandemic due to COVID, uh, mass shootings. So that's grief and loss. Uh, culturally, collectively, witnessing it, but then also the individuals that were touched directly then we move out into the violence and grief and loss that happens when you are being re-traumatized and lost safety with your sense of self or your identity with um, the don't say gay laws in Florida and the loss of the legality of abortion. So, you know, body autonomy to people that can birth. And then, I mean, it just rolls out endlessly. And then, as I was saying, relationships beginning and ending as a result of forced cohabitation because of quarantine during the pandemic and just general life. So, and I'm leaving out, I'm sure, a few things I'm not thinking of because I know that there's a lot of things going on around the world and I'm quite overwhelmed by the inundation of it all and social media and the news. And that's why I keep doing repeatedly segments around boundaries and self-care and how to take care of yourself amongst that because it's massive. So a lot of us are feeling grief and loss, even if it's just smaller scale stuff. Not just individual relationships, but your neighborhood changing because of people having to move and rent and um, buildings and businesses shutting down. <laughs> like there's a lot. And for many of us, we're experiencing multiple threads at one time. You know, we're triple winners, quadruple winners, where it's not just one of those things I mentioned, it's a multitude of them. And then maybe a few other things I haven't even thought of or added. So we're acknowledging all that. Oh, let's also talk about the, some of the mass layoffs that we're hearing about. It just doesn't stop. So how do we, how do we manage our mental health within that? Um, so we're going to look at it more relationally. I've talked on the show, go backwards. We are channel Q.com. So we want to go to check out past episodes. I've talked specifically about how to deal with the sociopolitical stuff and Roe v. Wade and all of that. So we are channel, we are channel Q.com is where you can go check that out. Today we're going to talk more about the relational pieces. And the first thing I want to talk about is the reclaiming of spaces spaces and places. And what I mean by that is um, one of the benefits and uh, strengths is also one of our weaknesses and downsides because everything tends to be, you know, a bright side and also a shadow side. With every strength, gift, or benefit, there is a darker component, right? We always say that whatever element or personality trait you love in a partner will also be the same thing that annoys you in a different context. Love how energized and outgoing they are. Then it's, oh my God, you never shut up, calm down. It's both. So same things with the way our brains work. The attribute of our brains is um, memory. We hold on to things. We can travel through time in our memory. We can within with the thought of changing, within, this, within split seconds of changing a thought, we're living in history. 
We can go backwards, reminiscing, nostalgia. Our brains aren't linear in any way, shape, or form. If I start thinking about things historically, that's where I am. I embody it, traveling through time. It's also the downside. We remember things. We will be triggered. That place that I used to go with my dad that was bringing me joy and pleasure now maybe brings grief, loss, and sadness because my memory, (laughs) it associates. So that's part of it. And part of mental health and moving through grief and loss is reclaiming places and spaces, having a continued or new experience of those places. We don't want to admit, we don't want to necessarily avoid spots. And I'm using these very vague terms, spots, places, places, restaurants, parks, streets, areas. We don't want to necessarily have to lose those things because they remind us of our ex or someone who passed or better times. And so we reclaim them. What does that mean? It means we go spend time in them or with them. It means we, we, we form a new relationship to them. It means in the beginning, it might bring a lot of sadness because it triggers immediately what is gone or what is lost. But the more time we spend there focusing on what we value about it or enjoy about it, we, we start to develop a new relationship to it. All of that settles down. It becomes familiar in a new way. And it's all about experience, but also insight. If you learn nothing from tonight's show, it's that, that it's not just about having corrective experiences. We also need to add the insight that that is what that is and that this is how we want to see it and that this is how we now occupy that space. Got to add the insight. So we return to those places and saying, yep, this is the movie theater I used to go to with my ex and uh, we're not together anymore. That makes me sad, but I still value this place. It's still very beautiful. There's still films here that I I enjoy. I, I want to have a new experience of this place and I'm feeling okay being here today. And we add more to it by maybe saying, I'm going to take a new partner here and, and I'm going to transition into it being a theater that I go to with people I care about. And it's not about, it's not that place I went to with my exes. It's now a place I love going to. And so whoever's in my life as a partner at that time, I bring them here and you create a new narrative. Please know that our narrative, the meaning we make of something is, is our own doing. We create it. These things are inherently neutral. A movie theater is a neutral movie theater. We decide what we make of it. If we go to that movie theater and we have a bad experience, we can we can choose to make it about that bad experience or we can say yes, but also a lot of positive experiences have happened there. In fact, maybe even more positive experiences and that's what I'm gonna to choose to associate with it. That's what I'm gonna think about. That's what I'm gonna highlight and focus on when I'm there. I'm gonna reclaim this place in this space. I'm not gonna lose it to my ex. I'm not gonna lose it to my father's passing and make it nothing but mourning. Because our brains are malleable and flexible. We choose the meaning and what it symbolizes. And our brains have a negativity bias and we tend to go extreme and we tend to focus on that, but we can refocus because whatever we place our attention on is what will be strengthened neurologically. And also in terms of our memory, focus on the positives, focus on the joy that was found there, reclaim those places, go back to them, continue to listen to those songs, continue to watch that movie continue to go to that restaurant. We don't want our lives to shrink because of people that are no longer in our lives, where we don't go to that restaurant anymore, don't go to that gym anymore, don't listen to that song anymore. That's 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 not being a healthy, a mentally healthy adult. Mentally, mentally healthy adults say, I still wanna enjoy that restaurant, that gym, and that song. And I'm gonna focus on on the positives that are there. I'm gonna focus on on getting more familiar being there and letting those old memories dissipate. I'm not gonna keep bringing them up, living in them. All right, we're going to come back and talk more about it. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back and uh, just talking about how to deal with grief and loss. And I'm holding a large space for a lot of different things that fall under that 
that rubric, which is grief and loss of actual lives as a result of war, shootings, pandemic deaths. Uh, then we're moving into the shifting and changing relationships that occurred as a result of all of that or just the natural part of our lives as different laws and bills are passed. Um, there's also the loss of security, safety, inclusion, respect, representation, heartbreaking. So there's a lot of grief and loss around us. And if not directly to you, to others you care about, or for some of us, multiple, multiple levels and threads of that at the same time. And before the break, we were talking about how we want to reclaim places and spaces. Uh, we don't want to let go of that song, that restaurant or that park or that book because it is associated historically with something bad or the loss of someone or someone we don't want to necessarily think of. And I was saying that we don't want our lives to keep shrinking down. That's what a lot of people do. They are not, they um, try to avoid discomfort at all costs. That's a losing battle. The work, again, I said this in an earlier segment, let me add it. If you, if you walk away with only one other thing from the show, I want it to be that the work in mental health is not the avoidance of discomfort. It's actually learning how to make room for the discomfort, learning how to still go to that restaurant while feeling some sadness because you used to go there with your dad who's passed. It's about leaning in and, and, and allowing. We have to learn how to allow these feelings to exist in our lives and have us still continue on in things that are meaningful to us. The world is not about, <clears throat> life I should say, is not about trying to avoid everything that turns us off, makes us uncomfortable, triggers us. That is not the work. I've said this on historical shows. I'll circle back to it again soon. I'm making a note of it. Do a whole segment again on triggers. Triggers remind us where our work is. Triggers are not a sign, avoid that. Triggers are a sign, learn how to be here and be anchored and still. Triggers are not a sign that something's bad. Triggers mean that's where I have healing to do. I want to be able to not have triggers. And the way we remove triggers is by having a corrective experience of something, which is essentially tonight's topic. We want to reclaim places and spaces that are associated traditionally with grief and loss. Our life should not keep getting smaller because anything that makes us uncomfortable or sad or depressed or anxious, we remove or avoid. That is not the work. The work is about leaning more towards that and saying, yes, this is making me sad. Ah, sadness is okay. It's not to be avoided. It's to learn how to take it with us. I want to learn how to still go to that movie theater that I used to go to with my ex, even though it triggers some anxiety or some sadness. How can I make room for that and also focus on what this does provide and what I do enjoy about being here? That's how we reclaim. That's how we work through triggers. Grief and loss mandates that. We still want to watch the news. We still want to eat that food, even though it's associated with some of these other elements that we, we tend to want to avoid. So what are the other ways that we apply this and work through grief and loss in this way? Well, we also want to look at who we are and how we were impacted by that person, place, or thing that is now gone or lost or triggers us. That relationship is not happening anymore. That job might be gone. Um, what are the other things that are going on with us? We might have lost our right to um, you know, putting a photo of our same sex partner on our desk. Cause we live in Florida, which is now a fascist police state. Um, and your governor is a bigot. Uh, how do we, how do we make sense of that? Well, again, we want to, we wanted to, well, we can't talk about triggers in that way as, as far as reclaiming, because that's now legal to find a way to still have that sitting out, but we want to explore who we are. One of the things I've said to long-term listeners over and over and over and over is when we leave a relationship of any kind, we always want to reflect back on what we can learn about ourselves as a result of who we were in that relationship. Best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So if that's how I act in that last relationship at that last job or at the last fill in the blank, I can assume that that's a potential, that that's gonna happen again. So we wanna learn about ourselves. How can I be better? What do I wanna leave behind? What do I wanna take forward? That's a huge part of anything leaving our lives. 
the loss of whatever fill in the blank as a result of all the different things that have happened in the past couple of years. How can you learn about yourself through that? Because that's part of healing is learning. Part of healing is letting go and learning. For some people, letting go is forgiving. For other people, letting go is not about forgiving, but it's about saying, I'm going to pull myself out of the battle. I'm not going to ruminate in it. I'm not going to ruminate in it anymore. I'm not going to keep talking about it and thinking about it. And so they let it go. For others, like I said, it's about forgiveness, making peace with them or with that. But that's what's required. <clears throat> and so again, think back to what learning you can take with you so as to give that loss meaning. And all losses have the opportunity of providing meaning. I even on another show spoke about post-traumatic growth. So that shows up a little bit in this topic that some traumas can also leave us off better, stronger with some skills. That doesn't mean we're thankful it happened. Maybe some would actually say that though, but that it's not necessarily all bad and that we do want to live in reality. We want to live honestly, which means the acknowledgement of maybe how we walked away better. That's not to say, again, we're thankful it happened or that it was good that it happened or that everything happens for a reason. I, I don't actually believe in that, but I do think that there can be both positive and negatives from everything and that a healthy person says, I'm going to make room for both. Nothing's necessarily all good or all bad. And that's part of happiness. And I did an entire show on that. Happiness is about acknowledging and finding joy in some of the bad, also finding gratitude in some of the bad and because of the bad. And so Explore who you are as a result of that. Explore how it's maybe made you better or what can you learn about who you could be or have been that you don't want to be again. Important stuff. We're going to come back and do some DMs and then we'll come back to this. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Hannah. I've been noticing lately that my energy to do things has been really low lately. Yes, let me just stop there for a second. Uh, that's what a lot of people are experiencing. And I think it's, you know, it's a multitude of things. Remember, um, how we feel in our bodies is the result of a lot of different things. It's our genetics, how much energy we have or don't have, how quickly or easily we're depleted or energized. It has to do with how much caffeine you're having. Are you having a caffeine cr crash? Um, it has to do with medications you're taking. It has to do with your sleep hygiene. Are you getting good, high-quality sleep? Um, it has to do with the impact things around us are having. Are other people in your life not doing well or maybe stressed out and you're absorbing or internalizing some of that? I know uh, I'm working with clients that their mood is or their energy is low as well because of their consistent watching of the different things on the news, whether it's you know a sexual abuse trial, um, a, a cop killing someone trial, or what's going on in the Ukraine, or the climate disaster. I have clients that are feeling very depressed due to the climate disaster and some other things that are going on in the world, Roe versus Wade people's you know body autonomy's on the line we're worried about gay marriage getting taken back so there's a lot of different things and so if you're working an exhausting job and you're not getting good sleep and you're you know spending your downtime watching this horrific stuff on the news and then you're worried about your right to an abortion uh yeah your mood's going to be low and i think some of us automatically go to this chemical model for our moods and we think you know, depression's a brain disease. No, it's not. 
For some people, they might have a genetic predisposition, but for a lot of us, it's situational contextual. And a lot of us, when we're depressed or low energy or whatever it is, it's the result of what's going on around us. And no medication will change the world that you're participating in. That's an action that needs to be taken. So again, if you're low energy or sad or depressed because of a divorce or a breakup, that's an appropriate response. That is not a disorder that requires medication, although medication can be appropriate for some people to help them get through that difficult time. But work still needs to be done to change that context or situation. Um, so just, just know that. I'm going to go back to your question. Though. The rest of your question said, my friends will ask me to do things. It's always a game time decision for me. I can never commit to things in the future in fear that I'll actually be forced to do it. My mom thinks it's seasonal depression because this tends to happen once a year. I'm not sure. It might sound stupid, but the seasons, uh, am I depressed? That's the question. So could it be based on seasonal affective disorder? Possibly. It's really hard to say. Um, we don't have any kind of test to determine why someone is depressed if they even are at all. Remember, our diagnoses are culturally situated. Different cultures will diagnose depression differently. Some cultures don't even believe in the presence of depression. They have a completely different framework for it. Just like here in America, if you hear voices or see things that don't exist, we define that as psychotic, delusional. In other countries, they have conversations and spend time with people that are no longer with us. That is normal. So they wouldn't see that as a problem. So remember that our, our definition of depression is culturally situated. Um, based on the beliefs we have as to how someone should feel or should not feel. That's how we determine what's pathological based on a statistical norm and what's common. Um, so could it be due to the changes in the weather? Possibly, especially if this is always happening once a year at the same time. Could it also be that you aren't getting good quality sleep, you're stressed out about work, you're drinking too much caffeine and a multitude of other factors? Yes, that's possible as well. Could it be that you have too high of expectations on yourself socially because you think if other people can go out a certain amount of time, I should be able to as well? Could it be that you're burning yourself out and then by the time the weekend rolls around, you're too tired to do something and you should honor your body and rest instead? Or if you want to socialize more, cut back on your work or delegate some responsibilities. So I feel like this is a question for therapy. Um, there's so many pieces that could be at work here. So yeah, I hate when that's the answer, but sometimes that's the important answer. I can't diagnose from afar and I, I would never want to. Um, so I'm trying to make this question more of a globalized topic to look at all the different elements in our life that we might want to address or change uh, before just saying I'm depressed and therefore maybe I need medication. That won't change all the things we talked about. If I'm maybe going, like I said, into some therapy to really sort through what's going on and to find a longer term solution. All right. If you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Check out past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. We'll be back though, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about grief and loss, but we're looking at it from a very global socio-political lens based on what's happening now and in the past couple of years. Uh, before the break. And if you want to check out the past episode of tonight's show that you might have missed, go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. It's all there. And we were just talking about how there's so much that's gone on. And we're talking about all these different levels and how grief and loss applies to a lot of that the loss of rights, the loss of legality, of legal protections, um, the loss of relationships, the loss of the lives of individuals, the loss of uh, safety and comfort the loss of being able to go to school without worrying about being shot. You know, there's so much going on. The loss of body autonomy with Roe v. Wade, the loss of 
for those that did value our country and all it stood for, some people are like, what's gone on? I always saw this happening. We've always been in a problematic place. Um, and we were talking about initially reclaiming spaces and places and not letting them necessarily be lost because of former associations. Uh, and then we were talking about looking back at experiences and knowing that healing is about letting go, but also about learning, walking away from something, looking at it through the lens of how might I have grown as a result. Doesn't mean you're thankful that something happened. Doesn't, it's not about silver lining. It's about reality. And often some really traumatic, bad things can also have left, a left us off different in positive ways, whether it's a perspective or whether it's maybe more kindness and softness, but just examining that that's an important part of healing insight, learning. Um, so that's meaningful. Then we also have to look at maybe where we are still holding on because letting go and moving on is important. And sometimes we keep ourselves stuck, stuck in that past relationship, stuck in that past job that we lost, uh, stuck really living too much in the relationship uh, with someone who's died or passed on, um, maybe stuck holding on to former laws or senses of safety in school with abortions and not really living in the reality of where we now unfortunately are, um, AKA moving on. Now I'm a you know social justice advocate. So when I say moving on, I'm not saying we're not still fighting these battles. We ab-sustinkin-lutely are. Fight like your life depends upon it because it does. Uh, so get loud, make some good trouble and fight. <clears throat> However, we do psychically and emotionally have to acknowledge where we are. Um, and that means maybe letting go of where we were, focusing on where we're going to go. But when we talk about relational stuff, I want us to look at where we may be still holding on. And for a lot of us, it's the rumination. And what I mean by that is you don't just live in the current moment. Today is whatever day of the week it is. And whatever's going on in your life is what's going on. And that should be the primary focus. But a lot of us will ruminate and bring ourselves into the past problematically versus just being in the moment or focusing on the future by constantly talking about something. And every time we talk about something, we then place our attention on it. And like we know, whenever we place our attention on a topic, that's what we're going to be feeling. Our body's going to shift as a result of that. So will our mood. And we don't want to constantly be dragging something into our current that isn't even there anymore. We have to let those ships sail sometimes. And so one of the ways we do that is by not talking about something anymore. Talking has its limits. I don't agree that it's always good to talk about it. There's a certain point where you're ruminating and that it isn't about healing or solutions or growth. It's just you're not letting go and moving on. And it's important for you or people around you that care about you to say, I think we're actually just ruminating. Let's change the topic. Let's lovingly acknowledge that that is real, but we need to transition back into the here and now. Help each other do that, but acknowledge when you're doing that. Are you constantly digging up old articles? Are you constantly going on their social media? Are you, are you constantly, like I said, talking about it? These are all ways that you're not living in the now. You're going back to, going back to the wound. And there's a place for that, but there's also a time when we need to let go of that and discourage that. We need to have our friends and family help us with that at times because we don't want to set up a moratorium, a mem, a memor, I can't, I can't, I can't, sorry, I can't pronounce these words today. It's not moratorium. Um, but we don't not, we don't want to memorialize every dark passing or everything that's painful and always drag it forward with us. We need time away from distraction and dissociation are healthy coping mechanisms. So is trying to be in the present moment with what's actually occurring in our current reality around us. Advocate for that. Try to create that because that's one of the top things I actually see people do is they don't stay in the, the here and now. They're constantly, like I said, telling those stories, 
going on their Instagram, rewatching those videos and just bringing themselves back to the original wound. It's about moving forward, getting insight, healing, reclaiming, letting good, uh, letting go of it and kind of being where we are. Um, all right, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but at the end of the show, we'll be closing out with some more DMs. What are the DMs, you ask? Well, those are where uh, you put your questions. DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always anonymous, always confidential. Any question you got, we got your answers because other people might be wondering about the same thing. So you helps us drop those gems. Or you might be uh, there might be a topic you want us to hit that we haven't covered yet. Put that also in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Or maybe there's a topic you want us to circle back to drop deeper into, spend more time with it or explain it more. I'd love to hear that from you as well because we want you to get your needs met. And that's where a lot of these topics come from is the DMs. That again is on our Loveline IG page and uh, past episodes of the show because we need to re-listen to unlearn a lot of stuff or to really reinforce some of that learning. So it's about repetition. Go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. Build those gems in, but stick around. More to come. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris, Channel Q, and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we're back, and we're talking about how to cope with all the grief and loss that's around us on all the different levels in terms of identity, safety, relationships, um, finances, health career, education, schools went online, schools got rid of programs, uh, jobs are firing employees um, out of greed because them CEOs are making plenty of money. It's always about money. It's heartbreaking over the safety and concern of the employees. It's gross, but that's a topic for another show. Uh, people are dying. People are getting shot. We don't feel safe going to schools or into movie theaters. We've got racism on full blast, homophobia, transphobia, body autonomy for people that are able to give birth. It's quite wild. It's like, I don't know what's going on. I thought, yeah, I'm not gonna say I thought things were getting better because I think at its core, some things are still fundamentally the same. We still got toxic capitalism. We're still materialist. It's a mess. Sometimes I just want to throw my hands up and move to a deserted island. But that would be my privilege speaking. And as an activist, I am going to stay and fight. Uh, so let's all make some good trouble and get loud. But we are talking about how to keep our mental health intact while dealing with the grief and loss that we're all experiencing on individual levels, multiple complex levels whatever it is. Uh, we're talking about a lot of different things, reclaiming places and spaces, taking them back by associating them with um, new meanings and new experiences and not letting the world shrink by avoiding everything that triggers us or makes us uncomfortable. The work is not about avoiding what makes us anxious or uncomfortable. It's about learning how to exist within that, make room for it, allow it, be led by your values, your ethics, not by your feelings and your thoughts. We've talked a lot about that on other shows, so we'll kind of leave it there. Also talking about what lessons we can learn. Part of healing is looking back and learning, making meaning out of it. We get to choose the meaning. Everything's neutral. We determine what the meaning of that will be and the impact it has on us. And we also want to learn, what can I walk away with from that event? Doesn't mean I'm thankful it happened. Doesn't mean I co-sign on it, but we learn about ourselves. We learn what we want to take forward, what we don't want to take forward, who we want to be again, who we don't want to be again. Then we talked about letting go and not ruminating in things. Be in today. Yesterday's gone. Last week is gone. That ex is gone. That job is gone. Don't keep circling the jobs parking lot. Don't keep going on your ex's Instagram. 
Don't keep talking endlessly about things and that's how you bring it into the current and then your body shifts, your mood shifts, your mental health shifts. Try to let go. Dissociation, distraction, and being in the moment anchored are really important parts of mental health. We have to examine and know when we're doing that and also help those around us when they're doing that. Hey, we spent an hour talking about your ex from 5,000 years ago. I know you needed to let that out. I'm so thankful I could be a friend and hold space for you and support you in that. It might be important now that we're kind of just ruminating and you're starting to feel really bad if we transition into another topic because I know it's important to be able to hold both. So tell me about how your day was. What, 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 what are you most excited about that happened in your day today? Bam, that's what it looks like and sounds like. You're still being supportive, but you're also helping them be a little more adaptable and flexible because those are key components of mental and physical health, especially neurological health, adaptability and flexibility and energy. Um, Okay, another key component is living in honesty and reality. And this comes up a lot when someone who is problematic dies and people are like, yeah, they died and I'm thankful. Here's how horrible they were. And people are like, oh my God, honor the dead. Well, for some people, their process is about acknowledging the bad. I think often part of healing is acknowledging the good, but also the bad that yes, we're sad that that person's gone, but they also didn't always do things that were good. We're not shaming the dead. It's our own individual process. Maybe we don't need to itemize on Facebook everything that was bad about that person, but at least with ourselves and in the own relationships in our lives, we do want to be able to talk about it. That yes, I miss my ex, but he was maybe verbally abusive because he name called or that political figure. Yeah, I feel bad for his family who are mourning their loss and I'm sure they loved him and he might've been a good father or a good son, but he was also misogynistic and racist and we don't need any more of that. And so based on my experience of their racism or, you know, whatever it is, I'm not sad that that person isn't in my life anymore. We don't necessarily want to publicly say that, but we do want to acknowledge that because that's an important part of some people healing is acknowledging that maybe their parent who passed was abusive or problematic. And we don't, you know, nothing, there's no mental health in living in denial. There's no mental health in living a lie. There's no mental health in selling a dream. Part of the healing, especially from trauma and abuse is to be able to talk about the traumatic and abusive components of things. Otherwise, you're walking or holding someone in a really disorganized, chaotic place. And so I want to hold space for that, that it's okay to look back at the job that you're fired from and say, there's a lot of crappy things about my boss or my job or whatever it is we're looking back at. Um, that, that, that's about getting control again, is, 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 is really having a hold on an appropriate, clear, coherent narrative. That also throws us back to attachment theory where the quality of our primary relationships can really be determined by our coherent, clear narrative we have on the relationship that was. I don't wanna get in the weeds with that one. That's a little overly complicated and academic to kind of unpack. So for those interpersonal neurobiological um, geeks, y'all hopefully got that. Um, but that's that's really a meaningful thing is to well to round it out, talk about the good and the bad. Because that's what we most of us all are, is no one's all good and no one's all bad. We're uh, 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 um, an intersection of all those, you know, good and bad. And it's really helpful, and I say this to my patients with grief and loss, to be able to talk openly about what this person meant to them and who they really were and the impacts they really had, negative and positive. That's part of the healing process. Again, if you think they're all bad, also acknowledging some of the good. If you thought they're all good, also maybe acknowledging some of the bad. And for some people, forgiveness is in there. Forgiveness is not mandatory, but letting go is. And that's where I think some people get confused. They're saying, no, you gotta forgive to move on. No, you have to let go to move on. And for some people, forgiveness is a part of that. For other people, it isn't. It's setting a boundary saying, yeah, no. What they did was wrong. It's not my job to, to forgive, but it is my job to let go. And I'm not gonna stay in that battle anymore. And I'm not gonna ruminate by talking about it. I'm gonna release. And for those that do wanna forgive, it's about understanding 
understanding what might have built them to be that way because empathy is a really healing thing. What happened in their life that made them such a violent or problematic person? No one wakes up and decides to be that way. They were socialized that way or, or trauma made them that way. And that can be an important part of some people's healing is really understanding why that person or that system or institution is the way it is. It doesn't let them off the hook, but it clarifies. And empathy is not a permission giving thing. Empathy can be applied to someone they're still holding accountable but that can be healing for us. And I do a lot of work with that with my patients. All right, we're gonna come back and keep talking about grief and loss in this way, based on the current socioeconomic, uh, socio-political environment. Stick around, you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we're back and we're just closing out our discussion about grief and loss around all the different things that are happening in our world on so many micro, meso, and macro levels. Oh my God, if I itemized all of it, it would make my head explode. And I'd throw my, uh, throw everything out the window. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and it doesn't stop and it's not going to for a while. So we're talking about all the different ways to manage that, looking at when and how we bring it in, reclaiming uh, certain places and spaces and giving them a new feeling and being able to still have them in our lives, uh, really rounding out our experience of something and talking about the good and the bad. You know, not over idealizing and not completely pathologizing, but really rounding it out and deciding what kind of storyline we want to have on that. Looking at what we can learn. We can walk away from even traumatic experiences, maybe having grown somehow. And that can be an important part of walking away from something, but, you know, letting go. Um, also, we have to decide what way we want some of these things, these people and places to maybe be in our lives. Um, do we want them still in our life? Are there requests or boundaries that need to be set so that that X can still be in our life or we can still work at that location or whatever it is you're talking about? Um, also, we wanna remember some of the bad because what I do see some people do in grief and loss is completely idealize and romanticize. And that's why it goes back to what we're saying in the other segment, which is really talking in a total way about who this person, place, or thing was. Because we need to be reminded sometimes why something's not in our life anymore, why someone is not in our life anymore. And again, it's easy for us to sometimes, especially in relationships, especially if we're in the abuse cycle, to over-idealize or romanticize what someone or something was. And so sometimes we do need to remind ourselves, I literally have some clients write down all the negatives about someone so that they do hold a boundary, so that they can be reminded. Because it's easy for us to drift from that. But we have to decide why it was bad, but also, again, based on that, how we should engage it, how, if at all, it should get to exist in our life. And that's the boundary setting. And for some people, that's very applicable. As a result of all the things that have gone on, we have to reorient the way something gets to exist in our life. Um, and then the final piece is also just not misusing others. And what do I mean by that? Well, it really kind of shows up more at the relational endings and breakups and the grief and loss around that, where we might keep those individuals or some new individual in our life as a placeholder, but we're not really interested in them or wanting anything with them. And so we wanna be very thoughtful about what we're grabbing onto or placing things with and what we're using as what we call like a transitional object. Uh, people aren't meant to be used in that way. Uh, places and spaces less problematically so because they don't have feelings, <laughs> um, but we do wanna think about that. But again, boundary setting, you know, do, does our relationship need to change in, in, in response to certain events that have occurred? Um, how do we want to update that? How do we want to now show up? What kind of access do we want to allow? That might be vague to some people, but for other individuals, they're like, yeah, I need to now decide what I want to make of whatever it is that has occurred. Um, grief and loss is a powerful thing and it doesn't necessarily have an ending. Um, 
we talked a lot historically about the Kubler-Ross grief, uh, grief and loss stages of change, uh, stages of grief, excuse me. But that was really built on the people that were at the end of their life. It was really built on the stages that people go through as they are dying, not the partners of the people that are dying. But somehow that got mistranslated. And we also think that they're necessary stages. They're not. There are more stages than that. Some people only go through some of them. That is just one person's research on people that were dying and the stages that the people that were dying went through not anyone else. So we can throw some of that out the window. Although for some people, it's a little normalizing. Awesome. Keep it then, but be where you are and let it take as long as it takes. There's no such thing as grief. That's taking too long. There is no right amount of time. And if someone thinks there is, where'd they come up with that? Who made that up based on what? Be where you are. Don't pathologize or shame your journey. We know with trauma that what we need to do is let things go to their completion trying to shorten it or force it because you have to get back to work or you have to be a better parent your nervous system and your psyche don't care about arbitrary things like that. And I wish we lived in a world where we were given more time because of grief and loss and that it was honored more, but capitalism got to get back to work. Bill's got to get paid. That shipment has to go out. It's quite dehumanizing and toxic and problematic, but that's the world we live in. And as we work to change that with shorter work weeks and flexibility and working from home and healthcare and better benefits, we are slowly shifting that. I'm always telling everyone, people in relationships come first, prioritize those things. Um, but until we get there, we have to do the best with where we are. And so just know that there's no wrong way to grieve. There's no wrong way to mourn. Mourning is the outward expression of grief. And there's no wrong way to mourn. And there's no length of time that that should hurry up and wrap itself up and be very thoughtful about people that tell you it's time to get over it. That's them saying, I'm no longer comfortable with your grieving or mourning process. And you can say to them, noted, I won't take it to you anymore, but that doesn't mean where I'm at is wrong or I should hurry up for your comfort. So hold on to that. Um, if you missed any of this, we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check it out, re-listen to it. And while you're there, you can re-listen post or binge on some of the other shows because we got to unlearn and relearn. And it's all about consistency. That's why I repeat things. Um, got to really keep hearing it to build it in. Uh, the world's always drifting, you know, pulling us away and, uh, we'll be coming back and doing some DMS. So if you got a question for us, Drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. A question, a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Put all that in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, don't go anywhere because we'll be back because we got more to come. You listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all, because we'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all. We are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline. I've been wanting to break up with my girlfriend for about a month now we're just not compatible in a lot of ways and i think it's time however she has a birthday coming up and it's the anniversary of her dad's death which is a big deal to her i still love her and care about her just not in love with her i know it's probably better to break up with her now but i'd like to be with her through all this stuff because she's still my best friend is that wrong of me no I think it's both. <laughs> I think most people, if someone wanted to leave a relationship with them, they would just want it over. But I do always say to clients when they want to make a disclosure or do something, I always say, it isn't just about you. I'll never agree that it's just about one person. And I'll say to them, what's going on in this other person's life? Is this a time where they have the ability to hear this or be a part of this? Do they have resources? Because that matters. We don't want to harm people. You've already been sitting on the uh, desire to break up for a month. What's the harm in hanging in there another week or two? Now, having said that, you can still be best friends after the breakup. You can still help them through this after the breakup. You don't need to be their girlfriend still to help them through this. Um, I hope you remain friends. Just romance and sex aren't on the table anymore. Um, or maybe they still are, but friends with benefits. I don't know. But yes, if the anniversary is a big deal for her and it might be very hard for her to deal with her dad's death, maybe don't add another layer by saying, let me also have you deal with the breakup at the same time. And like I said, you've been sitting on the breakup for a month. So um, hang in there. All right, we got another DM. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my mom has severe anxiety and depression. I've dealt with it my whole life, but now that I'm older, I'm doing some self-help and uh, a lot of my childhood issues now make sense. Because you know, again, remember, like I feel bad for your mom dealing with anxiety and depression, but I also understand what it must've been like for you as a child, being part of a family where your mom was dealing with anxiety and depression. That means she's not available, that means she's not accessible, and there's a lot of issues that emerge out of that. So my, my empathy for both of you. Back to your question, you said, I asked her to go to therapy, but she refused. She said she tried it once and didn't like the therapist, so she'll never go back. I get it. 
uh, not everyone's a match for the therapist they work with or the kind of therapy that's offered. Uh, but you know, it's just like, that'd be like her saying, I don't want to go out to eat at restaurants. I've been to a restaurant before and I didn't like the restaurants. So I don't like restaurants and I'm not going again. It's like, that's very odd because each restaurant's different. <laughs> it's going to be a different experience with different offerings. Therapy's the same way. Not everyone does it the same way or the same personality or the same style. Uh, so maybe help her help kind of correct that cognitive distortion because she's catastrophizing and generalizing. Like that's not how it works. But bigger than that, unfortunately, we can't change people. And I would never help someone change someone because I don't know what's best for her and you don't either. Um, and therapy tends to be very beneficial. You can only make requests or try to be a positive influence. So keep sharing about the success of therapy and self-help for you. And um, keep saying, you know, when you're ready, I'd love to be a part of that. But we can't make people do things. And so take care of yourself around that. I know that's really hard. Uh, we got another one. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my baby daddy and I split up pretty soon after our daughter was born. Our daughter is two years now. And uh, he's been at least with five other women. Okay, well, that's his business. Good for him. Uh, now that she's starting to recognize us and develop memories, having a really hard time being comfortable with other women around my baby. Um, you don't get to control someone else's decisions, unfortunately. And uh, people will be coming in and out of your child's life as friends, as coworkers, as family members. That's life. A child's not going to be harmed by seeing and learning that relationships aren't always forever. The value of a relationship is not the length of time it exists. It's okay for children to learn that friends come and go, that people date. I don't agree that children have to be protected from the reality of the world. If you're okay with friends coming around, friends don't always stick around. Dating isn't different. I was just talking to a parenting expert therapist friend of mine, and we were all complaining about how we don't agree that everyone gets so protective around this dynamic. Children need to learn that relationships come and go, and that's okay. But bigger than that, I appreciate your struggle, um, but I don't know what it means that he brings them around. I'm assuming everything's age-appropriate and boundaried, and he's using some privacy. Uh, but uh, sadly, we don't get to tell someone else what they can do in their life, you know? Um, but bigger than that, your child will be okay learning that not all relationships are forever and that your that his, her dad is single and that he's looking for love and that it's a process. Your ch the child, when they're older, will be going through that process as well. So you're helping normalize that. Don't worry so much. All right, y'all, that is our show. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow night. Join us then. You guys take care of yourselves, you know, have a good night and, uh, see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 